Hey, babes. I am your host, Christina Catherine McGinnis, a recent college graduate who is just trying to figure her shit out. In the Bottled Blonde podcast, we are talking lots of booze with a new drinking word every week, dishing on our latest dating adventures, diving into work hacks, and the best hashtag self-care tips around. This is a place for all babes to come and chat about the millennial four pillars, booze, boys, business, and beauty. Come with a glass of champs and get ready to laugh, learn, and have a happy hour with your blonde digital BFF. Let's celebrate not having it all together, but having a good fucking time while we're at it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts every Thursday. Cheers. Hello, TVB babes. I am your host, Christina Catherine McGinnis, the founder of KCM Connect, the blog, ChristinaMcGinnis.com, and the podcast, The Bottle Blonde. LA Hotman is here, which his name is Brian officially, and he is currently trying to grab the ladies. That cannot happen while we're on the podcast. I'm just saying hello. It's rude of me not to say hi. <laughs> we are currently recording from my bed because I was like, you know what? I got to make an intro and you need to hop on here with me. I said you're coming on, but he has not come yet. So today is his official debut. How do you feel? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I feel (laughs) fucking fantastic being in bed with you, being on this podcast. It's an experience. It's an experience. Are you jazzed? How pumped are you? Like 20 out of 10 pump. He just had like a glass of rosé. Not gonna lie, I made him, I made myself a mocktail, but he hit the rosé a little hard. And so I was like, you know what? That was the perfect time for us to record. Little tipsy made it, I don't know, makes it a little more fun. But I figured we should just run into last week. What is it? I told you guys a little bit about that event and you saw pictures. It was pretty cute. Which event are we talking about? The little picnic event. Oh, the picnic event. Yes, this is cute. But it was the one I had talked about last week on the podcast. I was like really nervous for events to start coming back because I've never had like social anxiety, but I was like, hot dang, like I'm a little nervous to like go. And I don't know, because most of the time you're used to like go, 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 go. And then when you're like not seeing people for like extended periods of time, And especially like LA influencer events, I was like a little intimidated. What do you feel like an LA influencer event is like? Well, a bunch of rosé. Oh, okay, rosé. There was actually actually there was rosé. Well, I would imagine it's it's a lot of alcohol, a lot of chatting about nonsense, but also (laughs) but also also some good fashion talk, maybe some shopping. Maybe a little bit of music, maybe a little bit of gossip. So I just just feel like it's a mixture of things that can go really good or really bad. (laughs) I was nervous. I was like, oh, God. But everyone was actually really nice. It was actually super fun. So I had nothing to be nervous about. So I wanted to update you guys on that. But you're correct. Uh, And lots of fucking pictures. Everyone is taking so many pictures. You'll be talking to someone and they'll be on their phone, like recording stories or taking selfies. For me, I think that's annoying. What living your life through a phone? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm like, it, it's called live in the moment, enjoy it, and don't, you know, just hold your phone in the hand. Not, especially you know. during Bali, you're like sitting at a table having a conversation with someone. I feel like that's kind of one of my pet peeves. Well, here, here's one of my pet peeves. If if we went out on a date and it was like our first or second date, and you were constantly on your phone mm-hmm. doing stories. 
and you didn't have your phone away, I'd be like, oh, she's an influencer. She's but- <laughs> But, You'd be like she's and she's out here influencing with her salad. But but here here it is here here it is, baby. You're not necessarily an influencer. You're a content creator. You're a brand maker. You're a fucking boss. Oh wow, I love this, and I love the enthusiasm. <laughs> Rose is just like and to you're like a little giggly, which I'm like loving right now. How fun is this? Well, anytime I can do anything with you, especially in bed, it's you know, honey. We can. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go that ham. Okay, fine. I'll go just ham and cheese. Okay, just ham and cheese. Not like full ham. But we kind of like funny story over the weekend. We ended up going to this place called The Bungalow, which if you guys have been in Santa Monica, it is a good time. It's a time. Yeah, I mean, Bungalow is great if anyone wants, you know, a drink by the beach to watch the sunset or if they want to get a little rowdy at night. It, it has a day and, and night action Santa Monica, good places to eat. So it's it's a fun time. It's a fun time. And we went and we were pretty I was I was ready. I was ready to dance. I was wasted. Well, at this, this point. was already after about seven spicy margs. Yeah, seven spicy margs. So we were in it to win it. We were really feeling it. And the line was insane. Which Bonkers. It was crazy. And so we ended up, we were like, okay, we're just gonna go to the front and None of us had cash because most of the time you could just like slip cash to like the bouncer or something and just like get us in. Yeah, I mean, it was just one of those crazy situations where we got there at like 1 a.m. We wanted to keep the party going. We said, fuck it, let's go. And and the line was a little bit too long, but I think we tried to get creative. Isn't that right? Baby? Yes, we did get creative. There was like these two guys that seemed like they like were, they felt like they were really cool, which they were not. But I was like, you know what? I feel like we could a hundred percent like get in with these guys and get a table. And we were like, you know what? Like we don't necessarily, I can't remember. We were like, yeah, we don't have cash on us. And then they weren't taking card. So we were like, well, shit. And for whatever reason, these guys had like a shit ton of cash on them. And so I started flirting with them. I was like, hey, babe, I'm going to go flirt with these guys. And then they asked, like, so Brian and his brother were with us. And they literally asked, like, okay, well, who are these two guys behind you? And I am not a good liar. I literally was like, they're my, they're our cousins. Yes. So (laughs) that was awkward. Obviously, I kept the awkwardness on the inside because I don't want to be dating my cousin. (laughs) But but no one else knew. I started like giggling after I said it too, because I was like, wow, but I should have, I don't know. I, I should have said something else. But we played it off. We played it off really well. And you were like, cousin. And I was like, shit. It's like, yes, you're my cousin from you know out of how town. how hard it was for me to keep my hands to myself? <laughs> I know. Because I was like trying to like get in. Uh, long story short, we ended up, I think it took too long. And the cousin stick, I could only like handle for like a little while. And then I was like, all right, let's just head over too. And then we went over to Wally's, which is like such a good spot if you're ever in Santa Monica. Really good cheese, wine, pretty bougie. Yeah, high-end place. You go in there, have a good time. Wine, cheese, crackers, meats, pizza. But it's also really cool because it's like a place where you can go to buy alcohol, high-end alcohol, high-end meats and cheeses. So it's a restaurant, yet it's also like a seller slash butchery. So you can go there, get all your goodies, and just... You know, take your girl out on a romantic date. She'd also love that. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, I, I, we like love it there. So we were like, you know what? 
we are going to, we're going to just do it. So we ended up having spicy margs there, didn't hit the bungalow. And yeah, and it ended up being super fun. So recommend those spots. But if you guys want an episode, because you guys have said that you do, send in your questions for me and Brian. (laughs) We will talk all things dating. We're going to probably talk about like how we met, our first kiss, him meeting my parents, what his first thoughts were. (laughs) And our one-year anniversary is actually coming up next next month. It's coming up, and I guess everyone's going to go down the rabbit hole of our thoughts (laughs) and our dating and all of that. But it's going to be a fun summer. We're going to have our anniversary, and somebody's birthday is coming up. Yes, and he just surprised me. We're actually going to Turks and Caicos in Miami. He surprised me in a way that I'm very like type A. (laughs) So surprised in a sense that he was like, hey, I'm taking you on this trip, but like you're able to like plan your outfits, invite some friends if they want to come book hotels. So we're going to stay with some friends in Miami. So we are jazzed because I've never been to Miami and I've never been to Turks and Caicos. It's just going to be you in a lot of bathing suits. So I'm going to love it. (laughs) And a lot of drinks. Drinks, parties, but also just like chill and relaxation. So we're going to get the best of every world, I guess. I know. I So if you guys have any recommend, recommendations for Miami or Turks and Caicos, if you guys have ever been, please DM us over at The Bottled Blonde or my personal, and we will get back to you and then send in your listener questions for me and LA Hatman, and we will be answering them on a podcast soon. Okay, guys. Ta-ta for now. Hello, TBB babes. We today have such a special guest and I loved her. She is so much fun. Her name is Allie Reeves and she is a social media strategist turned solopreneur and small business mentor. You're talking all things social media, everything social today. So we're talking about social media strategy, what you should include, advice for small business owners, how to grow your social faster, and the five biggest factors that contributed to her 100k revenue growth. There's so many good tidbits in this episode today. So pull out the pens and papers and the wine. Today's drinking word is going to be Instagram. So get those drinks ready. Get ready to party on this Thursday. Hello, TBB babes. Happy Thursday. I am so excited for our guest today, Allie Reeves. I just like had hopped on your Instagram and I felt like there was so much value that you provided in a really short amount of time. Like I scrolled through a few posts and was like, whoa, I've totally felt that way or I've totally thought about that. And I'm really excited for us to dive into things just all about social media strategy, you know, education on social media. We can dive into a little bit of podcasting, growing followers. We're just yeah. we're everywhere. Let's do it. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. I want to, for all the people who haven't stalked you, haven't been like looking and saving all of your posts, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So I live in Tennessee. I have a three-year-old son. I'm married and I have a four-year-old business. I've been doing this. I started doing what you're doing, what it sounds like you're doing now digital marketing agency, managing social media for bigger businesses and brands local to me. And super long story short, ended up like very unfulfilled. It just wasn't my thing, mm-hmm. but I needed to work from home. Cause I, I was pregnant. I was about to have my baby at the time. And 
luckily I had started working with women who needed help with their social media. And that to me was a lot more fun working one-on-one with women. So I I started what doing now, which is my current business, helping women grow their businesses on social media and whatever that looks like. So content creation, branding, growth strategies, engagement strategies, everything, it all goes together so that I'm just here to make it as easy as possible for women to grow businesses online. Do one thing that I don't feel like people talk enough about is how like the entrepreneurial journey is very lonely. Have you felt that way, especially in the pandemic? Massively lonely. Yeah, it really is. And I'm an introvert too. I'm more introverted. I I can turn it on when I need to, Mm -hmm. but you know, whenever it was funny, cause in the beginning of the pandemic, I was like, Oh, I got this. This is, this is great. Wow. <laughs> I, I now have an excuse to sit at home and not feel guilty, but it took a toll big time. I mean, I'm really, yeah, it's especially not having the option to go to a co-working space or host an event and, or just be with friends and family, you know, it's been really hard for everybody. So I'm just so thankful that it's, things are finally getting back to normal. And because of that, and because of the loneliness, which was surprising to me after a while, I did join a co-working space. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm ready to be around women. And that that's helped tremendously because once or twice a week, I'll go be around people and kind of feed that creative energy. Cause working from home is it's lonely and it's not great for creativity unless you have like a super high vibe place. It can be, it can be challenging. I totally, I would a hundred percent agree. And I'll have to like mix up my spaces, even like switching chairs. Like that sounds so dumb or like maybe making a different breakfast or setting a different tone for the day. Because I think it is, it can be very daunting, especially if you're working. Is it just you on your team? I am expanding right now. I'm trying to hire an assistant and it's been, that's a whole nother conversation, but I have somebody who's working with me as a contractor. She's like a strategist partner. But other than that, I mean, that's only until recently. So yeah, maybe, I mean, from 2020 back, I've been working on my own solely. That's amazing. It's so hard to, and people do not see all of the back end, especially when you have multiple clients that you're dealing with. How do you manage multiple clients with the social media strategist realm? Because obviously the agency end, you totally know, but that looks a little bit different because you're almost coaching at that point. Like, oh yeah, for sure. How do you manage like all of the people? Because we use things like Slack and Trello and like Mondays and Bonsai. Is there something that you use that's really helped you organize all the clients? Honestly, I've kind of shifted. It depends on the time of the year, but there, there are some periods where I am working with more one-on-one clients right now. is not that time. I'm kind of, I go back and forth, Mm -hmm. but anytime that I have had multiple clients, honestly, I'm a fan of keeping it real simple. So I use Voxer for communication. Have you ever used Voxer before? What is that? It's just, it's an app that allows you to send voice notes back and forth. You like hold down a button and I'm a big voice note fan. <laughs> I am too. I'm like the queen. Ask any of my friends. I am the queen of the voice note because yep. I love how you can hear like fluctuations. Mm-hmm. And I think so much can be lost in text, even in Slack. So it's so nice to be able to be like, Hey, I hope you're having a fabulous Monday. Like X, Y, Z, whatever I need from there. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's seriously that an email <laughs> and then zoom. I mean, I keep it real, real simple, but I think 
Yeah. I I'd be so curious to hear what you like. So you use Slack. Yeah. I use Slack. So I use it when I was, when it was just me, I was texting everyone. And then I noticed like slowly, but surely it was getting in like influxes from my mom and my best friend and like my boyfriend. And I was like, wow, this is like, I'm not getting back to people quick enough. And honestly, how do I organize all these things? So we use Slack and that makes it so much easier, especially like you don't want to update 12 people on one thing that a client said. So it's nice to be able to just like have it in there. Everyone can read it, check that they've read it. And then we use Trello for like project management, which I highly recommend to everyone. I've mentioned it on the podcast so many times because it's free. And I also set it up for myself. And it's so easy. You can attach like huge files, do due dates, checklists. You should hundred percent check it out. It's oh, so awesome. Cool. Yeah. Is that, so are these things similar? I know, I know Slack haven't, I've heard of Trello. I didn't know that it was for like client-based management. It's not really, but it's nice for me to be able to like manage team members. So that's like the best thing that I use to set up projects. And I'll be like, Hey, we need this Instagram feed by Thursday to send over for client approval. So we'll write in there like updates or what's happening. And then, yeah, it just makes it so much easier to have it all in one place. And then we'll save them. So like put them under months or click done and they'll go to like a separate space and we can always go back and find things. And then you have a system, it's ready to go and you can duplicate it. That's genius, especially for launching because launching, I create trainings and workshops and things. And I mean, I'm sure you've, I'm sure you've launched something before me, you've launched this podcast and it's just, there's so much that can go into it. And I'm, I just dream, I have dreams of creating these systems where I can hire help around me. I could be like, okay, here's a list. Yeah. Let's get to work because doing it on your own is not fun. It is not fun. So how does, like the thing that I was wondering too, so Mm -hmm. I took some courses and classes in social media. They were not groundbreaking for me. They could have been great for people maybe just starting out. How do you get your information normally? And then also, did you take any of those classes? I bought personally, like this is, I'm not going to say whose course it was, but it was literally $900 when I was first starting out. And I was like, this was such a waste of money. There was nothing new in there. And I was shocked that like, I was disappointed that I actually bought that course. And then I was like, shit, there's nothing in here that's actually going to help me. It was all like hypothetical. Yeah. See, that is actually one of my biggest drivers. And one of the reasons, an additional reason to why I shifted my business into what it is now, because when I shifted from working with brands to, to solopreneurs, I had to grow my own account as well. I was used to growing business accounts, but I had never grown a personal account. So I did what everybody else would do. And I invested in coaches and I invested in, well, I started with trainings and had the, it sounds like the same experience that you did. They were either crazy watered down, irrelevant, just not timely at all. Or like you said, hypothetical, not actionable, right? It was more so like, you need to do this, you need to do that, but it left out the how really. Yeah. So to me, that was kind of my light bulb moment where I was like, okay, I want to be the go-to resource for women whenever they need to learn something. They're like, okay, Allie will teach me because she's actually going to give me the play-by-play, the Mm -hmm. actual thing to do. And I try and do that in my free content as much as possible as well. I try and just give it away. So yeah, that I've definitely had that experience too. And it sucks big time. And to answer your question about how I get the information, I learned by doing. 
because I took these courses and it didn't do anything for me. I was left doing like, you know, I, I, some of these courses taught you to cold message and just silly things or things that took you hours upon hours all day for, to grow a following of people that weren't even aligned or targeted for you. So it did nothing for your business. So I kind of was in the position where I needed to figure it out on my own. And I tested just about every strategy that you can think of that I came across. And finally, after months of doing that, I landed on a handful of things. I was like, wow, this, when I do these things in this way, I'm getting traction. My followers are increasing. My engagement's increasing. People are inquiring about my business and working with me. What am I doing? And that's how I, I call it the influence income formula. That's how I figured that out. I just tested everything. What do you think is the most important thing someone should know or think about when they want to have a digital career? The most important thing I think is playing a long game strategy, understanding that just because it's, it's online, you know, it's, it's nice. You get to work from anywhere. It's the best business you can be in right now. It's still a business and businesses take nurturing. They take a lot of time to grow. They come with growing pains and it's just like anything else. So I think just going into that understanding that it's going to take time and to avoid the get rich quick strategies, because if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. And I've learned that the hard way too. I've I've tried it all. (laughs) I feel like I have too at this point. And it's so funny. There's so many people that will come to me too. I think consistency is one of the biggest things. And I even Mm -hmm. sometimes struggle, but it's, that is the most important thing is like being consistent and actually posting because so many people come to me and I want to be a blogger. I want to be an influencer. I want to run an agency. Number one is starting. And then two is actually being consistent. And then from there, you can kind of tailor that content when you're like, okay, maybe this hit or this really resonated, or you'll be surprised. There'll be even things that I post now that I didn't necessarily expect to do that well. And that'll be the thing that does the best the entire week. Every time. Is it not the most frustrating thing ever when you, I mean, I've, I have pieces of content that and videos that I've spent hours, I mean, days yeah. curating. And I'm like, this is it. This is the one. It's going to be is so the one that's well. gonna go viral. Yeah. Like, oh, I can't wait. Mm-hmm. And it totally flops. And it's always the videos where you're like, you're almost not going to post it because you look like crap. You fumbled up your words. You barely tried, you know, the, the content's there, the value's pretty good, but, and then that will always be the thing. It's something about the energy of just, I guess, not having that, the pressure on yourself to, to make it work. The best thing that I even tell myself, because I think it's very interesting and you'll probably relate to this when you're growing someone else's social platforms, you can see it from literally like a very large perspective versus when it's your own. And then you're a lot more critical and like, you're looking inward and being like, oh my gosh, like how do you kind of step back? And especially with the confidence tip thing, I think that we are all our worst critic, especially on video. A lot of people like on stories, a lot of people have now become very comfortable with stories, but now with the new edition of even guides, reels, other things that they're having kind of pop up. What are some good confidence tips that you have for people trying to get on video and to just hit the publish button? Number one, think of the people that you are making the video for the people that you are helping. It is so easy for all of us right before we hit publish or as we're creating or 
before we even think about creating, to think about the one hater, the one person in your life that you know that you think is talking crap about you, but probably isn't, to think of all the wrong people that are going to be like, who does she think she is? It's so easy for our brains to go to that worst case scenario, negative kind of loop, right? Well, the problem with that is when you're thinking that way, you're a lot less likely to record the thing. Or if you do go through with recording it and posting it, your energy is going to be so off because in the back of your mind, you're worried about all of the wrong things versus thinking of the people that need what it is that you're sharing that need to hear your story or whatever the value is, even if it's just one person. So I think my first tip for sure is think of the people that need to hear what you're about to say and think of the transformation that they can have or even just the small benefit they could get from you sharing that. Think about them. It's going to shift your energy. And then after that, just understand that the only way to get better at video is by showing up and practicing, right? Like I think the best analogy I ever heard in regards to that is like, you can't learn to swim from reading it about it in a book you learn from getting in the water. And I think the same is true with video. And I mean, so many things online as well. So it's just, you got to start with that mindset first, always. And two, I think that it's an energy shift. So I feel like when you put something out, it's when, when people aren't liking your content, it's not because they don't like you. It's because your, your energy isn't resonating with them. And when you hear that, that's a complete shift. Then, wow, no one likes my outfit or, oh, no one likes my product. No, it's like, there's not that intentional energy that someone else is going to react to and like vibrate off of. Exactly. Yeah. Cause you're thinking about the wrong, you're showing up in the wrong headspace. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also, I, th- I mean, it's so true. Like nobody's thinking about you. Everybody's so worried about themselves and critiquing themselves. And yeah, there's always going to be, there's going to be some negative people every once in a while. But I think like w- it's so easy to get in that or to assume the worst in, in some situations when in reality, everybody's worried about themselves. So you need to take care of yourself and consider too, this is what got me. Cause I used to be deathly afraid of video. I was that person who was worried about what people were thinking, who over critiqued myself. I hated the way I looked. I hated the way I sounded, but what got me over the hump and into doing as much video as I do today is because from the, the amount of time that I wasn't doing video, I wasn't growing. And I literally, I looked at those few months and I was just like, okay, imagine it being a year from now and looking back and realizing that I still have not grown because I'm not putting myself out there in the vehicle that's working right now, which is video. Is it worth it to me to be sitting and be stagnant because I'm worried about what so-and-so is thinking or the way my teeth look in a video or whatever, you know, whatever the insecurity was at the time. And that finally, I was like, screw it. The, The fear of staying the same and not growing was way stronger than the fear of what other people were going to think of me. And that was basically what allowed me to get over myself. Yeah, no, no, no. I totally, I relate to so much to that because it is video is so hard and you do have to like, I always say we call it hitting the fuck it button around here. And that's just like hitting it and going for it because it's so hard. I like, I stopped posting reels for a hot minute because I was like, oh my God, they're so hard to make or they're so, they take so long. What are like some things that you see that are maybe not as common of why people's accounts aren't growing? If the consistency is a big piece, 
especially if you're in the beginning or if you've shifted your business, beginning of starting a business, or if you've shifted your business and you haven't found that audience yet, you're going to be posting things you need to be posting and the engagement likely isn't going to be there yet. So I think people that happens and they, they spend the time creating the content and they're wanting a result, but the result isn't happening yet just because they don't have the audience yet or the trust built in with them or the love and the algorithm yet from that consistency. So I think consistency is a huge, huge piece that I come across with the women that I work with, which is why I preach long game, you know, showing up anyway. And then I think to trying to make things too perfect and, and over editing people can sense that, like you said, the energy piece, people can sense when you're feeling uncomfortable or when something is overly edited and it just comes across a little inauthentic and unrelatable, I think too. So I think getting over yourself in the sense of not trying to make it overly perfect and then just allowing yourself to kind of mess up, to get poor engagement in the beginning and just understand that to get to that end point, you have to go through it. There's no, there's really no shortcuts around it. So that's, I think that's probably the two main things I see that's slowing people down and holding people back. Yeah. What would you say for people like right now, I could a hundred percent see like one of the TBB babes out there who are like, I am working my nine to five. I am hustling and I have zero time to create all of this content. What are some tips and tricks for them to be able to go, okay, we may not have a ton of time, but how can we make the best of our time? Have a content strategy. An engagement strategy, actually. I made this freebie and I would love if if I can send you the link. Yeah, I would love Um, It's the Power Hour Guide. And I made it specifically for people because I work with so many women who do have nine to fives and they're growing their passion business or they have kids and they're working everybody's home. But having a strategy that allows you to know what's coming so that you can, in those pockets of time, you're not wasting your time scratching your head wondering, what should I post? What do I talk about? You know what you need to do. So I think like just to high level, talk about it right here. What I would do is sit down maybe on a Sunday or sometime during the weekend, take 30 minutes, segment your month into four weeks and ask yourself, what is your goal for each week? Maybe you need to sell a certain product or you need to boost your subscribers or you need to promote your podcast or whatever, set a goal for each week. And then based on that goal for the week, plan out some topics for content. I'm not saying you have to record it all at once. If you can, great. I don't work that way. Do I don't know about you. Can you batch content? I batch. Do you want to know what's so interesting is again, it's for other people. For clients, I'm about yeah. a month, month and a half out because I love to have launches and I love to make sure we have everything approved and that we have our vision and our Instagram stories and all and our reels already planned out how we're going to film them. So for other people, I can be a month, month and a half out, no problem. For myself, that's a lot harder. And I think a personal business is a lot harder because it's you. I do. Like the one thing that I do is I shoot two to three times a month with content and Mm -hmm. then I'll batch at least my posts that I need to go out. The hardest part is if you are an influencer and you are getting brand deals, things will be influxes. There'll be times where you may not expect you're going to get five sponsored brand deals that month. And that changes up your entire feed and your shooting. So it's kind of, it's kind of, I don't know. That's the best way that I could describe that. 
Yeah. And, and good problem to have. Right. But, but yeah, I think like going into it with a loose strategy and yeah, like I, I'm not one to batch content and I'm, I'm with you. Like I could do it for clients as well. It's so different when it's a personal brand, it's your own, not saying it can't be done. People do it all the time. I just think everybody's different, but I think if you can just plan out your, the topics or ideas, what you want to do, I'm going to do a reel on three ways to do blank this day and then repurpose that into to a post where I'm going to go more in depth on one of those tips that I shared in the reel, make it simple, repurpose content. Just having that loose based content strategy is going to save you so much time so that during your lunch break or whenever you get home, when you have an hour or two on the weekends or whatever, you can go to that and say, okay, I'm going to knock out the reels right now. I'm, I'm dressed. I'm cute. I'm going to knock out the reels at least that, and that's helped me. It's been game changing for me whenever I finally like slowed down to speed up. So to speak with a strategy. Yeah. I even have a list of Instagram stories. So I noticed with myself, okay, I like to bash things all at once, even my Instagram stories during the day. So I'll take 20 minutes and post everything that I have. That way it's already posted. It's already done. I've got my links. Everything's ready to roll. But I actually have a list that I've made of a hundred topics to talk on stories. And so I'll pop over and like grab one of them. And then when I'm done, I'll like move it down or delete it. And that sounds so dumb. But when you are running multiple things at the same time, you want to be able to have an idea really quick that you already know is going to resonate. Whether it's like, for example, I have like top, like one that I'm going to talk about is like top LA gadgets for your apartment. I know most of the people following me either have an apartment or maybe a house or they're wanting certain things. Like one of my best selling products, which I never assumed would be, is this hot pink hand truck from Amazon that I pack boxes and trash off of and my walking treadmill that's on my patio. And like, Wait, what's, what's the pink thing again? Say oh, that. I'm going ha- to have to show it to you. It's so good. So it's okay. like a little hand truck and you can push it. It's like a little cart. So it's super cute, easy to fold up, but then you can put your boxes, packages. Cause I'm in an apartment or yeah. if I'm to the store, I'll put my groceries on there and it's yeah. just like super streamlined, but we sold them out, which was pretty funny. Like the, there was a comment on there that was like this blogger chick like posted and then the pink ones were gone. All the other colors are like, eh, but the pink was like good to go. The pink was good to go. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. And it's so random, right? But people love that, you know, and it's so easy to be like, I, I should only talk about business and I, I need to keep it super niche and you know, whatever is relevant to my industry. No, mix it up. And I, I need that content list of yours, a story list, because it's so the amount of time you can waste scratching your head, wondering, oh, what do I share that people are going to like? No, when you have a list or a plan that you can refer to, it allows you to take action and move on to the next thing. It's going to make you so much more efficient and effective overall. And to even setting a timer, I've noticed if I can do that. So I kind of like race the clock. I do this for a lot of things in my life, even cleaning my apartment. I'll like set 20 minutes. I'm like, go time. Like I'll try to race myself. Same with posting Instagram stories. Like it should be good content. But if like, I know I need to post 20 of them right now, I'm only giving myself like a certain amount of minutes to get them posted. And then we've got to move on. I need to start doing that. The amount of time I will spend on an Instagram post is honestly something I'll go to the grave with. It's so embarrassing, especially at this (laughs) stage in my business, but it's so true. Like whenever you leave that open, you allow yourself to take forever when in reality, it's never one piece of content. Right. And I think to touch on what you said earlier, how 
when you're working with other brands or helping other people, it's so easy to have that bird's eye view and say, and telling people, Hey, yeah, your content's important, but it's not everything. It's never one piece of content that's going to make or break you. So why are you spending more than 15 to 20 minutes writing this post? You shouldn't be. So yeah, if you are good under pressure, which I do, I think that is a genius tip that I'm truly going to start implementing. No, it it helps so much. What would you say would be a good tip for people who are just starting out and don't know what to post. So they're like, okay, I want to be like an entrepreneur or I want to start this business. And they're starting from ground zero. What would be a good thing for you to say for them to, to start posting? I always say one, get clear on your ideal client, whoever that is, or if you're a blogger, your ideal reader, whatever. I think that that's number one, because when you are clear on that person then you know their pain points. They know what interests them. They know out of the things that you can talk about, what's going to interest this ideal client and and give value to them. So I would say, get clear on that person first and then ask yourself, what does she need to hear today? What would she find interesting? You know, is it outfit ideas? Does she need to know tools because she lives in an apartment in LA? So cool gadgets and things is going to make her life easier. Is she trying to grow a business? Does she need to know ways to boost engagement on Instagram? Put yourself in her shoes and then make a list. Like this is another thing you could do. Make a list and give yourself the goal of making 50 to hundred ideas. You can do it when you are tapped into that ideal client. And then pick one, like your story list, right? Pick one and and just don't worry if it's already been covered or if you think it's super basic or whatever, just do it and go. And ask your audience too. Yeah. Pull, pull your people, put, put the question box up there, ask them, Hey, I, I'm wanting to create more value on this specific subject. What do you want to hear? What questions do you have? What are you struggling with? You can always get really good ideas from your own audience too. If if they're there, if they're not there yet, then you can just kind of, you can figure out some to start. And then as you grow, you'll have an audience to tap into. Something that's actually pretty random that I've done and people are really surprised that I've actually done this. So for about the last year and a half, these girls who I know are like write or die have been on my platform for years. I asked if they would all join an Instagram chat and they were like, sure. And I was like, I'll send you guys coffee a month, like $5 coffee, Starbucks gift card for us to essentially like shoot the shit in a chat. But I want to know from you guys what you want to see from me, what you guys are seeing right now, what your interests are, if something hit with you or really missed. And that has helped me so much. My platform, because of that, I swear. I mean, I was at about a year and a half ago, I would say I was around 30,000 and now I'm at like 73. And I genuinely feel like it's because of that group that has helped me say, for example, I posted something on stories and they were like, we loved that because you were entertaining, not because you brought value, but because you were actually entertaining and it made us laugh. Wow. And there's stuff around that or like, Hey, we're all shopping. We, you have to think about too. It may not be in your life right now, but spring break posting Mm -hmm. break dresses, posting all this different stuff that like, you have to think about the full audience. It may not be where you're at. Am I going on spring break? No, but I fucking wish I was. And, but like, then, you know, they were like, Hey, we need spring break ideas or we need bridesmaid dresses ideas or other stuff. That's like, Hey, the reason I had bought that cart too, I wasn't going to publish it. And then they're like, we need like handy stuff for like 
girls because like, we don't want like this ugly ass hammer or tools or whatever. And I was like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Or like, especially with COVID, little things that you can do for yourself, like a foot massager or bath tray. Those have also sold so well because they're self-care things. But then you have to think of like where you're at. A lot of people can't go get massages and like their bath time, maybe the only time that they get to themselves. So little things like that. So I even think having a small group of people, maybe you can't get 20 people in that group to send coffee every month. Totally fine. But even if you had five of the most loyal people who are number one in your target audience, I feel like a lot of times with people and you can like totally tell me if I'm wrong, but someone will go to like their mom, who's a gardener and be like, Hey, so like, what do you think about this post? And I'm like, unless you're trying to target gardeners who are her age, don't ask her because she may go that just, I, that just like, doesn't really make sense to me. Good. (laughs) Not the target audience. (laughs) Perfect. Do it then. Yeah. (laughs) That I'm obsessed with idea with what you just shared that idea. I mean, it's market research, 2021. And it's so smart. And like you said, just getting even five to 10 people, five people, right. And offer, and I think like the key there is offering them coffee and you know, you're not trying to pick their brain for free for free or anything like that, but having them being targeted, because I was going to say too, yeah, you can ask your audience and no doubt some people in your audience are ideal. Some of them aren't though. So to be more tapped in to your core group like that, I think is ingenious and I see a lot of people too, where they're trying to come up with content ideas or they want to talk about a specific subject. So they'll go to their audience and they'll say, which, which do you want to hear about more yeah. this or that? You don't know who, I mean, you do know who's voting, yeah. but everybody has an opinion, right? Some people are going to love it. Some people are going to hate it. And it's just, it's going to end up in a lot of cases more confusing. So that's just a really long way of saying, I freaking love your idea. That's so smart. Thank you. I, and too, it's crazy. Like it's, it's definitely like helped and that like little small thing, coffee, everyone's jam is Starbucks. So even right. if you send them like a little Starbucks gift card, I think that's super helpful. How much, and this is very interesting because I think it's account to account for a, we're going to go specific for a personal brand. How much time would you advise your clients to spend on social media? It varies. That's the thing. I know it's kind of a blanketed question too, because you're like with person to person, I would say too, this is like just a random thought. I feel like having, because a lot of times you'll notice yourself like on the toilet scrolling or like, you know, in the kitchen scrolling, I feel like setting up time for like research and development. And that's not the time that you're doing the scroll. That's you hunting for content that like resonated with other people for like 10 to 15 minutes. That's like one thing that I have advised people that I'm like, just do that. Like if you could just implement that and like go in and do that and be like more strategic on Instagram versus like, wow, I'm, I'm so sorry. I don't look like Bella Hadid or Madison beer. <laughs> like, you know, or all these like supermodels or whatever it is, instead of like comparing, like using that specific time to then do a deep dive. hundred percent. I get some of my best ideas from TikTok. Yeah. And I, and I, I'm on TikTok and I use TikTok. It's my audience is something to write home about over there, but 
I use, and I, I joke with my husband all the time because they'll see me on TikTok. I'm like, oh, honey, I'm working. <laughs> I'm getting content ideas. And I'm partly joking, but partly very serious because there's so many people are so creative over there. And when you follow a good mix of people, you have so many different industries and they, they create pieces of content in these posts that you, then you can take a piece of, or, you know, put it for your industry and create it on your own in your own way. I get so many ideas for that too. And I, I couldn't agree more. You, especially if you, well, whether you have a full-time job or you're working your business full-time, you need to be smart with your time. You're a business owner. And it's so easy, especially when we're growing a a digital business, when your office is Instagram you have to be cognizant of how easy it is to be distracted. I mean, I cannot tell you how many times I pick up my phone to do something for work and I end up scrolling and looking and, you know, comparing myself. Yeah. And then it can go down a whole downward spiral. So yeah, I think being smart with your time, saving ideas is, is game changing. And for, as far as spending time otherwise, it's going to vary. I know people with successful businesses and audiences who spend several hours, you know, five, five to 10 hours a week. Other people like me, that's like 40 hours. It just, it varies. And I think that that comes down to the, the quality of content that you share. Honestly, I think it probably all could be boiled down to that. Are you being smart with what you're posting online? And is it hitting the mark with what your business goal is for that week or for that month? What do you personally want to be known for? Creating really good free value. I love that. Where people don't have to invest if they're not in the position to invest. And I'm sure you know this, if you've ever hired a coach, you're just going to get a different experience when you invest in a coach or in a mastermind. You get that one-on-one time, you get that personal attention. A lot of people aren't there yet. And I want to be known for creating free value that actually teaches and allows somebody to walk away knowing what to do next or, you know, better, smarter because they came across whatever it was that I created. You have a podcast that's all about being, you know, a six-figure influencer. What do you feel like is the biggest misconception around the influencer space? That's a great question. How easy it is. <laughs> yeah. Really, it it makes me laugh whenever you hear people that don't have digital businesses and they have your, your standard or what used to be considered a typical job. And, you know, they mock and make fun of influencers and they think that we just sit around on our phone and, you know, talking stories all day. And that's part of it, you know, and our, we can't help that our job is a lot cooler and, and more fun <laughs> than a typical job. It is what it is, but it requires work. Right. And I think that that's a huge misconception. And a lot of people don't allow themselves to explore that as a feasible business option for them because they're worried about what people are going to think or they don't think it's a real job. But if you put in the time and the effort, it can be one of the most lucrative businesses that you would ever start in in a lot of cases. So I would say that. What do you think? Oh God, there's so many. I've talked about this quite a bit with like my girlfriends and even people at the agencies that women are considered influencers and and men are considered businessmen and entrepreneurs. Oh yeah. Like one like male influencer. I can't. Like there's one that comes to my head. And it's that to me is super irritating because it's seen as like 
almost like a skeezy business. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I feel like the word like influencer is now very like interlined with like MLM too. Like, there's like, there's a lot of other things in there. I think that's a little frustrating. I think too, like the thing that people don't realize is especially for people who are like actually making brand deals and such, there is so much that goes into that, that people have no idea from getting the contract to negotiating your own contract. Mm -hmm. Like you're your own lawyer, you're your own copywriter, you're your own editor, depending on if you're, you know, producing a video or something for them. And then Mm -hmm. also you have to be super smart. There's a lot of girls who I know who are making more at 70 or 80 K than people who are at 600 K dependent on you. Mm -hmm. And also like, honestly, how tactful you are at negotiation. I think even in PR, like your job as a negotiator, you're negotiating rates, you're negotiating what your deliverables look like and how much time that's going to take. Even like I got really screwed. And this is like, I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast yet, but I had a photographer at an event use a whole bunch of images of me at this big conference and she posted them and made so much money. I was dumb enough to not sign a contract And it shows I am on thousands of websites from this specific shot. And that like, to me, I had no idea or like usage of images. So Mm -hmm. like if anyone's new to the influencer space, that is where you should be charging the most money because they can run your content depending on, okay, let's say it's like a two month or five month partnership. Mm -hmm. If you signed a contract saying that they can use your content for the next three years, you don't get paid. If they put it on a bill, you don't get paid if they put it on Instagram stories for the next three to five years. Mm -hmm. Some people will just sign because they're excited versus looking at the fact of two, like a huge thing that I've learned is net, like net pay. Like Mm -hmm. at the beginning, I was like, oh, 60 days is awesome. No, no, no. It's 60 days. Not from when you sign this, from when you posted. So if it took you three months to make that post after negotiation, it's another two months before you get paid. Wow. Yeah. That's something a lot of people do not realize at all. And yeah, what you said about the the following and monetizing your following. I have a friend right now who has two, like somewhere like 200 something thousand followers making, I mean, she gets like some brand deals, but making very, very little money. And I think a lot of people, they see her following, they assume that you get this following and it's going to come with this automatic influx of cash. Absolutely not. You, you have to be so smart and know what you're doing. So I think listening to podcasts like yours or hiring somebody or getting in a good circle of people who are also doing this, who are maybe a couple of steps ahead of you would be invaluable because you just don't realize all that comes with it. And that's not to deter anybody from trying, but know what it's going to take. It's going to take some time and effort. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. (laughs) Even too, what's the funniest thing that I realized about like 2020, especially in content is so many people are copying one another, especially in a certain level of space of the influencer lifestyle space. Mm -hmm. Everyone's just copying each other's content. And I started to do it because I was like, that's, what's growing that actually was the least time that I got the brand deals. That was the least time that I got the best performance. In the beginning, everyone wanted the raw iPhone photos because they look less polished. But I actually realized like 
brands and people love to see like on my feed, the crystal clear, like edited images that all Mm -hmm. look cohesive and that's what works for them. But Mm -hmm. it's, it's just different. It's, there's a lot of different realms and different types of content that I don't feel like people really realize like there's a a lot of different groups. There's like the like to know it bloggers, there's food bloggers, there's all these kind of different niches. And then underneath them is like 20 niches. Oh yeah. It's insane. And, and I think that in the beginning, it's so easy to, and it's not an awful idea to look to somebody who's a little bit ahead of you and kind of emulate them and whatever. And I think that that's smart to an extent, right? Cause like you said, for some niches, they, they want the raw photos. They want the real other ones like yours, the more polished aesthetic is what works. So knowing what's working in your industry and your niche emulating it to an extent, but then getting to a point where you give yourself some creative liberty to do your own thing. Cause that is the only way that you're going to stand out and ultimately get a deal over somebody else is by your unique spin on it. And that to me, that takes some time. It's rare to see somebody coming out the gate who's brave and like, Oh, I'm going to do my own thing, which I mean, God, God love them. I mean, I wish I wish, (laughs) but the goal is to get there and give yourself some grace on your way to figuring that out. Cause it's, it's a journey for sure. Yeah. I saw your post about the five biggest factors that contributed to your hundred K revenue growth. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Gosh. The fact that contributed to the 100K revenue growth. I don't even know what I put on that specific post, (laughs) but off the top of my head, probably the consistency, getting really clear on that ideal client and serving them really well. I always say like quality over quantity when it comes to content. I'm posting less content, but to me, it has more value and it's not, I'm not, you know, making it overly perfect or anything, but I'm not worried about, I have to post every single day. I have to show up every single day, give myself some grace. But when I do show up, I make sure that people walk away. Cause like, yeah, you asked me what I want to be known for creating really good content. So I think really leaning into that, my podcast was a huge game changer, just in exposure and and reaching more women who needed what it is that I have to offer. That was big. Learning how to delegate and use, you know, I have a VA. I have, I just, you know, like I talked about earlier, hired somebody as a, a girlfriend, as a contractor to help me with business strategy, just having somebody else to put their eyes on your business was big for me. Gosh, what else? And time. I mean, it's just taking time, honestly. Like that's just, it's the unsexy answer. And I know people want that. Like, what was the thing? It was a mixture of so many different things and just trusting the process and showing up again and again and again. Do you have a book, podcast, or resource that's brought you just like a ton of value or something that you constantly go back to? My favorite podcast right now that I I go back to time and time again is James Wedmore's podcast. I've not heard of this one. Business by Design. Okay. No, is that it? Is it business? No, it's the Mind Your Business podcast. Business by Design is his program. The Mind Your Business podcast, it's business and mindset and it's woo-woo. Like he goes there a lot about intuition and, and just a lot of the energetic piece, which I feel like a lot of people 
don't talk in, I mean, a lot of people are talking about it more now, but he just does an incredible job covering both. I love his podcast. I love Brooke Castillo, the Life Coach School, I believe is the name of her podcast. Incredible resource for that's more specifically for women who want to be coaches, but she covers a lot of mindset there too. For books, U Squared was game-changing for me. Have you heard of that book? No, I haven't. U Squared. Okay, I'm going to look that up. Is it on Amazon? Because I'll like go add to court. It is. It's on Amazon. What I love about it too is it's like 36 pages long. It's like a, a pamphlet basically, yeah. but it is, it's so, uh, it's, it's again, all about the energetics and that was a game-changer for me. I love that one. I read it every once in a while again, just because it's so easy. And then what is it? The, the big leap by Gay Hendricks. Okay. I've heard of that. Yeah. That one's, I feel like I've heard of multiple times. Both of those I need to read and I'll have to yeah. read a podcast or two. The big leap is talking about the upper limit theory, which is basically like, we all have this limit for ourselves that like we're used to, we're used to this standard for ourselves. But if you're wanting to grow and expand your business and just as a human, you have to surpass that. But when you do, that's when your limiting beliefs rear their ugly heads. You start self-sabotaging because your brain's trying to keep you safe. And you basically are trying to bring you back down to where you were because you were comfortable and you were safe there. So when you understand that, he just explains like basically how to get over all of the self-sabotage so you can continue to grow. And that's something that I, I go back to multiple times too. It's, it's awesome. That is awesome. I, yeah, I totally need, I, I need to, the big leap. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, let me know what you think. It yeah, was, I, I totally will. After I'll be like, okay, here's my review. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm so, thank you so much for coming and hanging on like with the TBB babes. They're going to get so much value from this and see so many different aspects that they probably haven't before. If they want to come say, Hey, can you tell us the podcast, Instagram, pimp yourself out so they can go find you. Yeah. So you can always tell me on Instagram at Allie I Reeves, A-L-L-I-E-I Reeves. And then my podcast is Six Figure Influencer with the number six. So I, like I said, my goal is to give it all away, just like give it all. So hopefully if you're wanting to grow some sort of online presence or business, hopefully I have something over there for you. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, TBB babes, for hanging out with us this Thursday. We are so grateful for you. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe, and we will talk to all your pretty faces next Thursday. Ta-ta for now. 